0: Since ancient times no one has heard no ear has perceived no eye has seen any god besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him you come to the help of those who gladly do right who remember your ways and when we continued to sin against them you were angry how then can we be saved All of us have become like one who is unclean. And all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf. And like the wind, our sins sweep us away. No one calls your name. Or strives to lay hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us. And have given us over to our sins. Yet you, Lord... our father we are the clay you are the potter we are all the work of your hand do not be angry beyond measure Lord do not remember our sins forever oh look on us we pray for we are all your people
1: This week, as I mentioned, is the first Sunday of Advent, and Advent is the four weeks uh, before Christmas where the church anticipates uh, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ um, on Christmas. And um, we take a break from our Acts series uh, and we follow the lectionary, the Revised Common Lectionary, and the lectionary is basically uh, a schedule, a calendar, of scripture readings um, that a lot of churches follow um, during the the year, during the church calendar. And so for Advent, uh, the season of Advent, we're gonna follow uh, the scriptures in the lectionary. Um, And uh, this week's, or this Advent series I've entitled Waiting Here For You. As we wait for the coming Jesus, as we anticipate Jesus, we are waiting. And what does it mean to wait as Christians? Um, and the scripture passage that was read was Isaiah 64, 1 through 9, the sermon title, Come Jesus, Desire of Nations. Come Jesus, Desire of Nations. And I know a couple of things about humans from my 45-year journey on this earth as a human being. Uh, And the two things are this. One, we are creatures of desire and longing. We are creatures of desire and longing. Some of us express those desires and longings a little more than others, but everyone who is a human, I bet you $1 has some sort of desires and longings. We are people of desire and longing. Secondly, we are creatures of worship. We are made to worship. And this is connected to the first one in that our desire and longing come out of our spiritual genetic code. A genetic code for being with God, our creator. Whether we acknowledge it or not, Jesus is, as the prophet Haggai writes, the desire of all nations, the desire of nations. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you that you sent your son to, to walk among us, to love us to build relationship with us and in the midst of everything that's been going on in 2020 we walk in hope we are waiting here for you come lord jesus come desire of nations come in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit amen amen Verses 1 and 2 from Isaiah 64. Oh, that you would run the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you, as when fire sets twigs ablaze and causes water
0: to boil.
1: Come down to make your name known to your enemies and cause the nations to quake before you. You know, I don't miss the days of parenting through the terrible twos, or maybe it's the terrible threes, or even the terrible fours for some of you. Those embarrassing moments in the grocery store or shopping center when your toddler doesn't get what they want, what he wants, so he throws a tantrum, jumps up and down, and shrieks, ah, 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 at the top of his lungs in the middle of the store, and everyone's looking at you. Your kid can see the thing that they can't have. I want it! And they just drop all of their weight to the ground and go limp, and you can't drag them. You can't pick them up. And they're slamming their feet on the ground, crying, wanting that thing. Nothing can console. Your palms get sweaty. You feel mom's spaghetti. And you feel your face getting red and hot. The heat is rising up to your head. And you're starting to sift through all those parenting notes in your brain and all the books and the manuals and the advice that fellow parents have given you, all while watching people watching you. It is exasperating and even enraging as a parent and even a bystander in a grocery store or airplane to hear This shrieking, this unending shrieking, crying, constant, constant. Whose kid is that? And the least, however, uh, one completely removed from the situation, of course, can at least respect the honesty and openness of this terrible child, of the emotion being expressed. At At least the kid is expressing what they want and expressing it with raw emotion and with real honesty. And my question for us church is, are there times that you only see red or when your sadness is so sad that it turns to mad? You feel the odds are stacked against you. You feel like shrieking or like the mom in the eighties commercial, tell God, take me away. Life can be so defeating, you can't even express. Despair sets in. Are you tired of messed up stuff in the world? Are you tired of systemic racism? Are you tired of this pandemic? Not seeing in person the ones you love the most. Trying to figure out your kid's login. Because it's stay-at-home school. And now her geometry are you tired of lies and leaders who set bad examples and the lack of integrity and accountability at among the powerful and the highest levels of government? Do you read the comment, comments ignorant people write under social media posts or news articles trolling hate or spouting the next conspiracy theory? I yelled at a man the other day who refused to wear a mask in a store. We got in a little disagreement. Have you ever felt abandoned by God? Is God silent? Has it been a while since you felt the first love, that intimacy with Jesus? Does God really answer prayer? Are you tired of experiencing physical incapability? wearied by experiencing loss after loss piled on top of one another? Are you tired of worrying about money? How can we be thankful? How can we celebrate in these holiday seasons and laugh and be happy when children are being prostituted in the world, when an unarmed man can be choked to death in the streets by a police officer? when the rich keep getting richer, and the poor keep getting poorer. And people can't seem to catch a break. God, please, tear open the heavens and come down. That's literally what the word rend means. Rend the heavens, tear open the heavens, right? Like a parent running to save their child, God has heard enough. God has seen enough. And God is going to inbreak into our life and our experience and come and save us. Rip open the heavens. Make something change. Bring change. Deliver us. Deliver us. Tear open the heavens and come down, please. The prophet is pleading and invoking the mercy of God. The character of God is to come down and be with us. God is a God that comes to us. God is a God who is both most powerful and almighty and can change things, but also loves us as a father, is the most intimate. And when he comes, Mountains erupt. It says the mountains rumble. Here are the images, the images of great power. He's so hot, the water boils. God is interested in changing and shaping us. God is a God who gets down and dirty. His hands get dirty. He gets down with us to shape, mold us in an intimate way, to touch us, to form us, to push against us. And yes, he can take it when we cry out to him in prayer, in honest pleading, even shrieking like a child throwing a tantrum. We beat against his chest, God, 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 when, when, when? Come, Lord Jesus, come. Where are you? Now then, how do we pass the time in the now and now yet not yet? The question is, In the midst of this longing and this desire, this unmet longing and desire, in the midst of this waiting, how do we pass the time? As we continue to long and desire and cry out and shriek out in our souls with no apparent answer, how then do we pass the time? You know, most of us can't deal with our longings, our sufferings, and our anger so honestly and so intensely engaged all the time, every minute of the day. Otherwise, we'd just be a puddle of tears on the ground, right? We can't function like that. To open our hearts to the themes of Advent, the candles we'll light, hope, peace, joy, love, is in fact a dangerous thing. One of my favorite quotes, in one of my favorite movies, Shawshank Redemption, hope is a dangerous thing because if you put your heart out there to hope, it can be smashed with disappointment. Hope is a dangerous thing. Adventiality, adventionality, that's my word. It's advent plus intentionality. Advent, adventionality is a dangerous endeavor. The act of opening up Pandora's box of our souls and cry out to God with deep engagement to approach our relationships with intentionality, to take a prophetic stance in the world even when everyone is against you, even when it would cost us life, or money, or status, or being liked, um, to lean into the world prophetically, into the poverty, into the world's illnesses, into the injustice. Verse 4, continuing on reading, since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God beside you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. You come to the help of those who gladly do right, who remember your ways. What does it mean to hope actively in the season of Advent? From verses four through five, I've pulled out three things um, about wh- how you, we can wait, we can hope actively in the season of a- Advent. First, Wait for God, the desire of nations. We know that all human beings have longing and desire. And whether we acknowledge it or you acknowledge it or not, this longing and desire is connected to your internal genetic code of being a worshiper of God. We're, we're meant, we're created to commune with God. And so God is the desire of nations. God is the desire of all of our hearts. Wait for God. Our problems in life come when we don't wait for God, when we need to satiate those longing and desires, but we misplace those, right? And we spend our souls on things that don't fulfill, whether that's money or sex or, or power or status or whatever that is. There are good pursuits and pursuits that are connected to our calling and to our truest desires and our worshipfulness. But there are also there's also such a thing as idolatry, a misplaced longing and desire. So wait for God in this time, right? Especially when you're hungry, especially when things are hard. This is the time to wait actively for God, the desire of your heart. Also, the scripture tells us in verse 5, Gladly do right. Gladly do right. And then finally, remember his ways. So wait for God's desire of nations. Gladly do right. And remembers, remember his ways. How do we wait? How do we pass the time? The phrase, pass the time, carries with it a ton of idleness, Right? like just sitting around. You're waiting and looking forward to something desired or important in the future, but in the meantime, you'll find ways to pass the time in the present. The Christian anticipation, the Christian hope, the waiting of Advent is an active waiting. It is shaping our longing and desires into worship. It is recognizing Jesus, the desire of nations. Jesus is coming. Come, Jesus, come. In waiting, there is worth and fruit. It's not just a waste of time. And sometimes, some of you out there who have been like waiting for God, waiting patiently, you're like, I'm wasting my life. I'm wasting my time. But sometimes prayers don't get answered because there's fruit in waiting. God wants to do something in you while you are waiting. So it's not a waste. There's fruit and there's worth. And waiting is not, or or hoping or anticipating God is not a naive, forced, happy hope for the future, right? When Jesus will fix all your problems. It's a realistic engagement with the present situation and a groaning, a dogged clinging to the promise and character of God. Who is God? And what has he promised? I will cling to that. I'll be faithful to that. And ultimately, the salvation and renewal and restoration and victory that will be when Jesus comes again, amen? Jesus is coming again. This is what separates the Christian hope from merely passing the time. We embrace the now and not yetness of the kingdom. We get a foretaste. A foretaste, a glimpse, a little glimpse of heaven in our lives right now. We we see this through miracles that happen, little miracles, everyday miracles that happen in our lives, through changed communities, right? Churches, people changing, our own lives and hearts changing, through emotional and physical healing and transformation. That happens every day. This is how we get a foretaste and a glimpse. We get a foretaste and a glimpse of the coming kingdom and Christian community and through the joy in worship, the work of the spirit and answered prayers. No one calls on your name, verse seven, or strives to lay a hold of you for you have hidden your face from us and you have given us over to our sins. God is good father. God is good, good father, amen. Yet you, Lord, are our father, our good, good father. We are the clay, you are the potter. We are the work of your hand. In this waiting, in this active hope, in Advent, we are like presenting ourselves to the creator God as clay and saying, mold me, shape me. You are the potter, I am the clay. And if we ask, if if you ask God to shape you and mold you, I guarantee he will shape and mold you. It might not feel good. It might hurt a little bit. It might be hard but it will be good. God, you are the potter. God is in the business of shaping and forming and transforming and renewing. That's what we're about, right? We're called Renew Church. We're about experiencing God renew lives, our lives and others' lives around us. Will you allow God change your heart will you wait on Jesus the desire of your heart to come and shine light new light and to place the places of darkness in your soul and the lives of other people around you will you hand your life over to Jesus now as if you were clay shape me mold me humility This requires both humility and discipline. So as we begin this Advent season, we are waiting here for Jesus. Come, Jesus. Desire of nations, come. As we pray um, to close this time, will you open your hearts for Jesus to come? and meet the desires and longings of your heart and also to shape him as you wait. We're waiting here for you. Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you that you are coming, that you have come. And thank you for your promises. Thank you that you love us enough to shape us, to change us. God, we pray against the evil in the world the things, systemic injustice, um, evil happens and sin happens and people still choose bad and that's why they're suffering. And even in the midst of suffering, we declare we are your people, we are your church, and we wait for your coming. Come, Lord Jesus, desire of nations, come. Amen.